Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, thank you, Pastors Mark and Brenda. We we sure love these folks. You know, it's just you just as we've said before, you just appreciate when God gives you divine connections. You know, those are the things that last eternally. And uh, you know, we probably live near each other over on the other side. And uh, <laughs> so our wives are going to have to, you know, be able to dress alike over there. So I don't know. So. I'm not going to go there. But anyway, anyway, uh, it's just been a joy to be here. We appreciate it. And, and that, you know, that, that deal sticking around for a month, I, you know, um, probably not this day. Anyway, uh, we, we've got to leave for, for Italy uh, next week, so we probably better not plan that. But it'd be a joy. Do you, do you know how far we could get if we had like a month of just coming in every morning and just teach on prayer and pray together? We'd pray heaven down more than it is down already, so... It doesn't take a, a million man march to get the job done. It just takes some, some unity. And you got that here. So anyway, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're just so grateful. We so are, uh, we're so appreciative of who you are, what you've done, what you're doing, what, what you're in the process of doing, where you're taking us, dear Father. We're so grateful that no matter what we see on the outside and the, in the whole world setting right now, we're so grateful for what we, we know in our knowers. We're so grateful for that, Father. We walk by what's on the inside a whole lot more than what we walk by on the outside. So we thank you. Now for the service tonight, we, we trust you, Father, for, um, as the Apostle Paul said, when he said, and for me. Yeah. I figure if Paul needed to pray for help, I sure need to. And he said, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So we just ask for the same thing, dear Father. Yeah. Hallelujah. Utterance and boldness in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. Thank you for what you're doing here, dear Father. I thank you for this wonderful group of people. Thank you that they're going to go out a different way than they came in. Amen. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We well, can be seated. And like I said, we've, we've uh, so enjoyed the time. So enjoyed the time. It's just gone by a little too quickly, you know. And the time flies when you're having fun. When you're not having fun, it just drags. But anyway, <laughs> but That's very true. Yeah. so so anyway, you know, I, I was just funny. I was thinking, of, um, I don't know. I think Pastor Brenda said some made a comment about something, and it it triggered something, and it wasn't along the lines of what she was saying, but it triggered something that uh, I remember I read in a book years ago. Uh, you know, kind of the entrance at uh, the beginning of this book, and the book was about, you know, I think it was pretty much about missions. And um, I was reading the book, and it, this guy gave this story. Said that, you know, back you know, ages ago, there was a there was this master artist, you know, and he he was he was a painter. He'd paint port pic, pictures and all that, and and he he brought along a, a a protege. He had a young man that came alongside. And he's just training this young man to be able to pick up where he left off, and and he's training this young man in 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 the as an artist, and uh, you know they had a studio and. And uh, he kind of turned it over to his his uh, his, his uh, successor, and they said, uh, you know, and, and and the successor went up there and he took all he took the you know the the canvases and he took all the paints and he started he drew outlines and he knew he he kind of knew what he wanted to get it to look like, but he worked and 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 finally after days and days and days of this, he finally just he just gave up. He just couldn't make it look like what the master could do. So he just turned around. He just headed for home. Well, the master just decided to go see the studio one night. And the master came in. And he walked in. And he looked at this picture. And he realized he could see that it was partially done, but just one finished. 
And so he walked over there and he picked the paints up while the successor was gone and he just the master's touch and he finished it up to a masterpiece and then he walked out and the next morning the young man walked in looked at it and he knew what he started and couldn't finish the master came in put the finishing touch on and turned it into something no one else could do and i i you know i read that years ago and in the context of you know we we've had this we've had this assignment for two thousand years and we've made outlines and we've made pictures and we've done a lot of painting and we've gone to a lot of nations and we just turn around and go back home and say, God, it just seems like there's, there's so much more to do and it just seems like we're so ill-equipped in so many areas. But I'll tell you what, I believe we're about to see the master step in. We're about to see the master step in. He's going to pick up the paints. He's going to finish what we started. We're going to see the rainfall. Ask you the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. He'll send bright clouds, lightning, showers of rain, grass to every man in this field. I, I, believe we're at, we're, I believe we're at the time. You know, I've got friends that, um, you know, they're, they're forte studying end times. And they're very good at it. They, they have a, a real insight into some things in the last days, which is where we're living. And, and every time I talk to them, they say, man, I'm telling you what, everything, the signs are all there. I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but this, we are so close. We're so close to the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. We're so close. Everything's lining up for that. But we're seven years, we leave seven years before that gets here. So we're, we're real close to it. But I'll tell you what, before we leave out of here, I believe the master is going to join, lock arms with us, come in here and put the finishing touch on what we couldn't do in 2,000 years. Maybe he can do it in, the, in maybe in 30 days. I don't know. But anyway, hallelujah. I've got a theory on that. What is it? What a theory is a supposition based upon ignorance of the subject under discussion. We got that right, didn't we? I'll say it again. A theory is a supposition based upon ignorance of the theory under discussion. So I got a theory. You know, uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not like your pastor. I did. I grew up on a farm until I was about six. Okay, and uh, but I do know that the one thing I do know about it. My uncle continued to farm for years, and we moved into town. Uh, but uh, you know, one thing I know about it is a, a farmer does all this work, prepares the soil, gets the seed in the ground, waits for the time for the seed to get do its job and the rain to fall. And, and what it took maybe, what, six, eight, nine months to get to the place, suddenly the crop's ready to bring in. And what it took you six or eight or nine months to get to, you usually bring it in in a week's time. Wow. And I thought, maybe that's what we've been. We've been at 2,000 years of getting ready. And maybe what we're looking for, I'm thinking maybe God's got this deal where he's going to go, I'm going to have a Holy Ghost explosion. And what it's taken you 2,000 years to get to, I'm going to show you how to bring it all in in about 30 days' time. So that's not a prediction. It's just a theory. Maybe, it'll all, maybe we'll bring the harvest in and check out and go home in 30 days' time. I don't know. But anyway, anyway, I better get back to where I'm a little more on solid ground. But <laughs> anyway... Um, uh, I'm gonna uh, let's go to the 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 uh, the 85th Psalm, 85th Psalm, and we're gonna go directly to the sixth verse. And we now this morning we uh, we talked about we we talked about prayer and we prayed, and uh, I believe we're in a in a time when probably the most important thing we can do is pray. I believe it's vital for the church to pray, corporate prayer, united prayer, uh, individual prayer. You know, any any way we can get get the job done. And, uh, you know, we say, well, you know, there's so many people that don't pray. Well, you can, either the glass is half full or it's half empty. I believe I'm looking out there and I'm seeing more people come to prayer meetings than I've ever seen come to prayer meetings. Yeah, praise God. 
You know, I, I've seen meetings where, you know, they'd have a prayer meeting and, and it'd start out with, you know, with, with the pastor and his wife and the second service, she wouldn't come, so you're down to one. And, uh, you know, so, but we've come a long ways, huh? But anyway, maybe I better pray before we start. Well, we already did that. So anyway, anyway, the 85th Psalm, um, the psalmist says here, verse 6, he says, uh, uh, will you not revive us again? That's not a question, it's a request. Lord, will you not revive? He's, what's he doing? There's a cry in the heart of the psalmist. If he can cry for that in the Old Testament, we can sure cry for that in the New. If he can cry for that in the shadows, we can cry for that in the light. But he says here, he says, will you not revive us? Now, I love the fact he didn't just say, will you not revive us? He said, will you not revive us again? again. In other words, we've had it before, we've got to have more. Yeah. I have an addiction to revival. You know, I've been around long enough. I've been around just long enough that I've been able to see the edge of the charismatic move. I've seen probably some after effects of the healing revival. I've been in the word of faith teaching revival. I've been in the joy move. I've been in the edge of the prosperity. I've been around long enough to be in like five moves. And every time I get in one, it's like, okay, God, I, I, I have an addiction. I got to have more. Yeah. And that's what the psalmist said. Lord, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Now he says, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Now the psalmist is crying out for revival. I, uh, you know, uh, uh, it, it's not a doom and gloom thing to say the world's in kind of a mess right now. You know, I mean, in our own, na our nation has some issues. Okay, we're not blaming anybody on that. If, you, if you're going to blame somebody, blame the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, wicked spirits in heavenly places. You know, in, in our nation... You don't have to look around long before you realize we've got some issues going on. All you have to do is, is pull up to the gas pump. We've got some issues going on, okay? Um, you know, we, inflation is crazy. The, you know, we've got all this going on. We've got, we've got so many things all at the same time. You know, we've got political, we've got uh, governmental, we've got financial, we've got social, we've got uh, racial. We've, there's so many things that really could use uh, a little adjustment. And we're not throwing blame on anybody right there, okay? Because we've been here, we've been here before. We're, this is not the biggest fish God's ever had to fry. Our nation, where we're at. And really, you can go anywhere around the world right now. You can go anywhere in the world. You're going to find a lot of the same issues going on in different places. But I've got this um, great confidence in that there is one thing that, if, if there's anything that can change all this, it's not going to be petitioning, protesting, it's not going to be whining, griping, complaining. That's not going to do any good. If, if, if that was going to work, we'd have had the job done by now. Okay, it's not going to be throwing blame. It's not going to be throwing people under the bus. All right, there's issues going on out there. And I'm very convinced that probably the biggest help we've got concerning where we're at now, where we're going in the future, is one word, and that's the word revival. I believe the one thing that can help us the most, get us out of the most jam, get the most changes in our nation or worldwide, um, there was a, there's a man named uh, Dave Wilkerson, uh, crossing the switchblade, you know, Nicky Cruz, you know, you, uh, he's over in heaven now, but, but uh, you know, uh, had the, the big uh, move of God in, in, in New York City and, and all this, and, and in uh, 1986, um, I've got, it's in my iPad there somewhere, 1986. Um, I don't know if he had a vision, if just prophesied it, I don't know. But he said, there's coming, there's coming a, 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 uh, 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 there's coming a disease, there's coming a pandemic to New York City. 
said, you know, this is years ago, 1986. Coming a pandemic to New York City, it's going to spread through the city. It's going to shut down the government, shut down the churches, shut down the restaurants, and it's going to move across the nation. Now, he didn't miss it there, did he? It's going to go clear across the nation. He said, and it's going to do its horrible things. I don't have the exact quote with me right now, but he talked about how bad this is going to get. He says, but, but then there's a move of God that's going to break out. And it's going to go all the way across America. It's going to go across the ocean and it will turn into a global revival. He said, basically, we're going to have some issues. And he was right on that part. I figured if he's right on the first part, he's going to be right on the second part. If we had the if we had a pandemic that really pretty much for our nation, pretty much hit New York. We've got a friend that ministers out there and he, he sent us pictures of uh, the devastation they had, you know, uh, uh, 18 wheelers filled with with bodies they didn't have places to put all the people and it broke out in new york and it went all across the nation as well as the rest of the world but i tell you what something's going to break out at the same time it's going to break out i don't know if it breaks out in new york or if it's going to break out in san francisco or if it's california i don't know i don't know where i don't care where it breaks out as long as it breaks out and, and all the way through, you know, I, I mentioned it, I think maybe last night, I don't know when, at what point it was, but um, Pastor Brenton has sent us a, uh, a, uh, an audio. Uh, it was, uh, I don't know where you found that, but it was from 1963 when Reverend Kenneth E. Hagan, I, we don't know where he was, but he was in a meeting, had a vision, was caught up uh, above the earth, looked down and saw, the, saw America. Jesus was standing right next to him. He said he saw a... Uh, um, said he saw this giant hand come out of the Atlantic and it turned into a cloud and it began to sweep slowly across the nation and he said, oh Lord, what is that? What is that? What is that? And he said, Jesus said to him, that is a wave of atheistic communism that's beginning to sweep across your land. 1963. And he said, from here on, it's not going to get any better. You're going to see more and more things getting worse. And since then, we've had a lot of things that have changed in our nation, not for the good. And he, it, this, this thing, and, and it was affecting cities and affecting people. It was really, it was really a bad deal. Yeah. But he said, you know, oh God, is this all there is? Is this all we've got to look forward to? Is this darkness coming across our land? And and, and, it, and, and he said there was another facet of it that was it was uh, demonically driven racism and, and and brothers against brothers and all this. And you know, we saw that in the late '60s. We saw that in in uh, Watts and in Harlem and Detroit and you know. This, all this all came to pass. And he said, um, Oh, Jesus, is this, is this all we've got to look forward to? And he said about that time, he looked up and he said he saw this ball of fire coming out of heaven. And the closer it got to earth, the brighter it got and the bigger it got. And it landed on America and it spread out every direction. And this fire came on people all across America. It was on their heads and on their hands as the fire of God came on them. And he said that went all over America. The power of God, the, 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 the miraculous work, miracle working power of God spread all the way across America. And then people took it and went across the ocean to other places. Okay. And again, a global revival. Uh, Tommy Hicks had a, a dream, saw, saw you know, the, the church as a sleeping giant. And it turned into a mighty move of God that swept the globe. So you got Tommy Hicks in the 50s. You got Brother Hagan in the 60s. You got uh, uh, Dave Wilkerson in the 80s. God has given us a lot of witnesses to let us know, even if it gets a little bad, hang on, because the power of God's going to come. It's going to change it all. The master's going to show up, and he's going to finish the painting. Okay? And so what I want to come back around to is where the psalmist said, Lord, will you not revive us again? In other words, just because you've seen it once doesn't mean you're satisfied. That's right. 
In fact, it's kind of one of these deals. The more you see it, the more you got to have it. Yeah. All right? I, I, I've been consumed with this. Uh, when I, I mean, I gave my life to Jesus. I grew up in the church world, but I just didn't go often. And uh, ran from God. I was at college. Went to a meeting. Gave my life to Jesus. Found a little, little Christian, Christian bookstores were not that popular in the you know, uh, early 70s. But I found one right near the university there at Michigan State University. I found this little bookstore, went in, and I don't know why, of all the books I needed, of all the subjects I really needed, the first book I got drawn to was called uh, uh, Revivals in America. First Christian book I ever bought. I think I got that before I got a Bible, I'm not sure. But I got drawn to this book about revivals in America. First, first Christian book I ever read. Something's been working in me since 1970. That's a long time. Is that 50 years? Wow. 60. That's a long time. I'm not that old. Something's wrong with this picture. <laughs> But anyway, I, uh, that's been burning in me ever since. And, and, and I, I'm so convinced, you know, I, I really believe what, what we're going to see in the days to come. We can title it one word, call it revival. You know, I know, I remember there's a, I couldn't tell you which country, I don't know if it was Wales. I'm thinking maybe it was the nation of Wales. I'm not real sure, but, um, uh, there was a, a time they had a move of God. They had revival breakout and such a revival broke out that um, it got so strong that the police officers couldn't find anything to do. The jails were empty. There wasn't anything to do. They, they closed down the bars. They closed down the houses of prostitution. They closed down the, the drug centers. They, everything got closed down because everybody was in church. And the police officers couldn't find anything to do, so they formed gospel quartets and sang in churches. Now, I know a few police officers, and I'm not sure it'd be that good an idea to form a gospel quartet. I don't know. <laughs> but what happened was the move of God broke out, and when it broke out, it changed the course of a nation. I really believe there's something that's in the works right now. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the news says. I don't care what the news feeds. I, I don't care. Okay, I mean, I'm not saying it's not true. I don't know how much is true, but I'm saying it just doesn't matter because I believe we have inside information. Yeah. Okay, I, I believe we've got information inside of us that lets us know there's something coming. It's called revival. How do we get it? We pray. Isn't that what the psalmist said? Lord, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? A revival. Uh, first thing is to, to figure out, okay, what is revival? Well, revival is a bunch of people getting saved. Well, in a revival, a bunch of people should get saved. But it's bigger than that. Well, maybe a bunch of backsliders come back. The revival in uh, Brownsville. Pensacola, Florida. A lot of what they had there was backsliders coming in. A lot of people that had been away from God came back in in that revival, what, 20 years ago, something like that? Pensacola, Florida. Um, the Brownsville Assembly of God Church down there, I think it was. Well, you know, so we got, well, it ought to be. But what is revival? What's the definition of revival? Revival is not just healings. It's not just salvations. It's not just backsliders coming back revival is often defined as a restoration of the presence of god yeah. it goes way beyond this this or this yeah. it's re, it's a restoration of the presence of god one, one one author said revival is the is the rest it's a restoration of the presence of god in fact one said it's a restoration of the presence of god to the degree the community knows god's here without anybody saying a word Hallelujah. there was a place called the hebrides islands 
And uh, I mean, I've got a, I've got a series. Actually, I got a series of cassettes somebody gave me, and moved it over into CDs, and now it's in my phone. I just keep transitioning to where I get, wherever I can tap into it. I I can put my little earbud things and listen to it now halfway around the room. The room is it's good. But the um, Hebrides Islands off the coast of the 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 British British Isles. Um, End of world, they'd had World War I, World War II, after two wars, you know, the churches are empty, people are away from God, they're just glad to be away, out of war, and churches were empty, and, and it's, it's really not a good sight in the, in the Hebrides Islands. Well, what happened was there's some people that said, this is, this is not how we want to live with our community away from God. And they began to pray, and they began to pray, and they began to pray. And there was a lot of it there. Too. There were these two little old ladies that got to praying. One was real lame in her back. The other one was blind. They got to pray. And they prayed a move of God down in that place. One of the blind ladies saw it before anybody else saw it. It's pretty strong. But anyway, they they uh, they prayed. Well, they started getting groups together, and they'd have these cottage meetings. And they were meeting at a cottage meeting in the, one of the islands there, Hebrides Islands, and. Um, they're praying. They're crying out for revival. God, revive us. God, revive us. When, are, when is the church going to decide to start crying out to God again? When instead of saying, well, everything's bad, the economy's bad, you know, the politics are bad, you know, when instead of doing that, when are we going to cry out like they did? Well, they, they had a prayer meeting in, one of the, in this cottage. And um, the word I got was in the middle of this, the village blacksmith, big guy, in the middle of it, the Spirit of God came on him and he stood up and started praying. He just prayed above everybody else. He said, oh God, I can't speak for anybody else in here. But he says, as for me and my house, I have to have a manifestation of the one who sits at your right hand. God, are you going to revive us or aren't you? You want to know you're in the Holy Ghost if you talk to God like that. God... God, you're, you're a God of your word. Are you going to revive us or aren't you? Are you going to keep your word or aren't you? God, you're going to do what you said or aren't you? God, he, he's, in the, he's in the presence of God challenging God. God, you're going to keep your word or aren't you? And he prayed a good bit of time like that. And all of a sudden, he, he kind of got out of the spirit, realized he's standing up challenging God, scared himself, sat down. <laughs> And said when he sat down, all of a sudden, all the dishes and the cups in the cupboard started shaking and rattling. And the house began to rattle. Thought they were having an earthquake. The house began to shake. Somebody ran to the door, opened the door up, and there were people walking or running down the streets carrying chairs for an unplanned, unannounced meeting. The power of God swept that island, it swept the entire island. People started running. Try, they didn't know where the meeting was. They're carrying chairs to find it. God had invaded that meeting. They had a move of God, broke out, swept the uh, Hebrides Islands and stayed there for years. I could tell you more about it. There are results. We're seeing results of that even today to this day. Okay, but no, we don't need to go into that tonight. But anyway, that revival, why? Because a group of people met in a cottage and said, God, we've got to have revival. Revival is the restoration of the presence of God to the degree that the community knows God's there without anybody saying a word. Wouldn't it be wonderful yeah. to have God moving so strong you don't have to, you don't have to advertise it on you know, Facebook. You don't have to go on the social media. You don't, have to, you don't have to get billboards and you don't have to pass out flyers and all that. All you have to do is find out where to put all the people. I'm looking for something. I'm looking for something. 
You know, I mean, right now, I've, we've, I've had friends that have been in. We had a, four of us had a prayer meeting, and four guys, we, we had a two-day prayer meeting a number of weeks ago. And one of them turned to me, and, and I, I, you know, I, I, I see our church full in here. Just haven't quite seen it out here. One of them turned to me, and he says, I see your church full. I see your church full. I got it by the Holy Ghost. I said, well, I've been praying that and believing that for 20-some for years, but 23 years now. But he says, I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, something's going to take place. Something's going to happen. Something's going to break loose. And I thought, the only thing I know that will do that is not programs. It's not systems. Those aren't bad. I've always had this um, conviction. I've had this conviction that programs and systems and all that were not to produce growth. They're to handle growth. I've always had this conviction that the presence of God is what's to produce the growth and everything else is just to figure out how to handle it. Not that any of it's bad, but I believe God's plan to grow the churches the way it was in the book of Acts when it was the glory of God, the presence of God, it was revival. Okay? So anyway, so going back through, um, let's just take a look. Let's see what revival kind of looks like. Let's go back to Isaiah the... um, Isaiah, the uh, 35th chapter. (coughs) Isaiah 35. I mean, really, if you go back through, we we only got one service. We could be here for hours or days. But if you go back through, um, you know, people could say, and and honestly, and, and I don't mean this in a, you know, I don't mean it as a negative thing, but... People could say, man, our nation's in trouble. But the funny thing was, I, ha- I was listening to Brother Hagen on a recording the other day from the 60s, I think 1968, and on this recording he said, our nation's in trouble. I thought, okay, 1968 to 2022, it's been a while. He said, our nation's in trouble. And I thought, yeah, Dad, it's in trouble. It was in trouble then, it's in trouble now. But that doesn't mean that's all there is. And he went on there, he made the statement, our nation's in trouble, but there are things we can do about it. And he began to talk about prayer. He began to talk about the church. We have the keys. If there's anybody that can change what's going on, it's the church. And if you go back through, um, you know, our nation, compared to the rest of the world, you know, I mean, you heard that we're, you know, Janet and I, we're going to to, um, uh, Italy. Leaving uh, next Monday, week from today, we're heading over there, and we're, we're going to do a meeting in Italy. We're going to go up and fly up and do a, a couple services on the southern coast of France, and we're going to go back down. Looks like we're going to go from, from there. We just got an, another invitation to go down to Sicily. You ever been around Sicilians? Are you Sicilian? Why did I guess that? I don't know. <laughs> Sisters, I guess that too. All right. We used to have a minister's training school right outside Palermo. Love Sicily. Love the Sicilian people. Anyway, we got some grads down there. I don't even know what town there, what city they're in. But they contacted us, found out we were coming to Italy, said, come down and preach for us. So we're, we're looking on getting another flight and going down into Sicily to do a meeting down there. But, but you know, the thing is, you get into Europe and you find buildings that are older than our nation. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, people are living in them. It's not like, you know, rubble. It's people. The, our nation, we're new. On the world scale, we're the new kid on the block. That's true. All right? And you go back through, and not only that, but if you go back through, by the time we're just a few years old, by, the, by 1800, it looked like it was a failed experiment. Yeah. Freedom, 
didn't look like it was going to work. There were, about, there were people standing up going, the church is dead, it's not going to make it. The church in America, America is not going to make it as a nation. The church, Christianity is not going to make it, it's dead. People were standing up preaching that. One out of every 17 people was an alcoholic. They were burying people of alcoholism. City streets were, weren't safe. It, our nation had gotten into some... Just in a few years, we'd gotten ourselves into trouble. And so there's this guy named... Uh, um, uh, James McGrady and he was in uh, western Western Kentucky was the wild frontier okay and uh, he had a couple churches out there in western Kentucky and he was a man of prayer but he got people praying and he, he had started having people pray every Monday had his people pray every Monday and then he had his church pray for him every Saturday night and every Sunday morning and, and he got people praying and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed uh, Western Kentucky was the again if you're in trouble you go to Western Kentucky and be safe because there's no law out there it was just one of those places and so um, he buddy buddy got people praying praying for a move of God all of a sudden things began to grow and, and expand and explode and he decided to have a communion service they had a communion service and 11,000 people showed up for a communion service and the first camp meeting was burst people came and they didn't want to go home so they just stayed and they turned it into what they ended up calling a camp meeting 11,000 people move of God broke out and it swept that whole section of our nation it's, our nation was about to not make it one move of God changed the course of our nation Fifty years later, you know, we're, we're pioneers, you know, we're, we're independent folks. But the problem is, you know, we, we seem to have a way of getting ourselves in trouble about every 50 years. Now, I don't know about other nations, but I do know from America, 1800, we had, to have, we had to have a move of God to survive. By the time we got to 1850, we're in trouble again. We're about to step in. We're just, we're just a, a year or so away from stepping into the Civil War. Our nation's in trouble again. So there's this guy named, named um, Jeremiah Lanfear. He's in New York City. He, 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 you know, he's he's you know, going door to door, soul winning. And he borrows the upper room of the Dutch Reformed Church in New York City somewhere. And he, just, he, decide, he feels led to start a prayer meeting. Thank God for prayer. Feels led to start a prayer meeting, and so he puts belief, let's see, puts him up all over that part of town, and he goes and starts his prayer meeting, and nobody shows up. For the first 30 minutes, the last 30 minutes, four guys from four different denominations showed up and prayed the last 30 minutes with him. Well, they did it again the next week, and they had like a dozen showed up. And the next week, they had more. Short course, this thing exploded, and it went all the way. Uh, it, it, at one point, they had a hundred. They couldn't get all the people in the buildings. They had a hundred and fifty prayer meetings every noon hour. Businesses closed, so they weren't competing with each other. Businesses closed, so their employees could go to prayer meetings. They had a hundred and fifty prayer meetings through New York City. One guy went around to try to find all of them during the the, the lunch hours. Hundred and fifty, um, and uh, power of God swept that whole eastern seaboard of our nation. It got so strong, it got so strong, they were getting radio messages from ships that were coming into the harbor. Our, our military ships were coming in. They were getting radio messages saying, send us a preacher, something's happening on our ship. Something's happening, send us a preacher, send us a priest, send us somebody, because something's happening, something's happening with our men, they're having prayer meetings all over the ship. Something's happening. They said, the pres they said there's a, an amazing presence 
that seems to be coming off from New York City and we're a hundred miles out to sea and it's invading our boats out here. Imagine they start with a prayer meeting with one person, grow to, to 12 and then grow to from there on. They said as a result of that, it even jumped across the ocean, went over to Europe and as a result, they said over one million people were saved as a result of that one prayer meeting. And it changed the course of our nation. Well, so there's 1,800, there's 1,850, uh, 1,900. We know uh, 1,900. Brother Seymour in Azusa Street prayed the presence of God down, touched the world, changed the course of America, changed the course of the church. Did all that. Why? Because somebody decided to pray. Somebody decided to pray. What are they doing? They're praying for a move of God. They're praying for revival to come in. Well, so with this 1800, 1850, that's 19, well, 1907. By 1950, we're in a mess. Every 50 years, we figured out how to get ourselves in a mess. And we're good at it. You know? So by 1950, well, 1947, we, all of a sudden, here comes another wave. We've been through two world wars. Here comes another wave, and it's the healing revival. 1947, 1958. I've read so many books about the healing revival, and it shook our nation. It went over to Israel. It went to South Africa. It went to it, around the world. This healing revival broke out. Before then, you couldn't get hardly anybody to pray for you. Then, by the time they were done, you could hardly find a town, a city, a village where you couldn't find somebody that pray the prayer of faith for healing in your body. Yeah. God exploded that. Glory. So you get up there. That's, that's, uh, that's 1900, then 1950. Well, then we... So, if it happens every 50 years, we're about 20 years late. It's time for another one. But this is the big one. I believe this is the granddaddy. I believe we're stepping over into something. It may take a little longer because it's got to be bigger. And we don't have time for this one to fade out and wait 50 more years for another one. This one's got to be the one that carries us over into glory. I really believe that. I believe there's something. There's been so much prayed, preached, prophesied. There's been so much concerning something that's in the works. I don't think there's ever been a time when we've had more people seeing, preaching, praying, prophesying, visions, dreams, revelations. I don't think there's ever been anything in our 250-year history. I don't think there's ever been anything so big and strong as what you and I are looking at right now. We've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You're not alive and on earth by accident. We got 7.5 billion people on earth by divine appointment. And, and it's not just other nations, it's America. Don't write America off. Do not write America off. Everything from Tommy Hicks' dream of the, uh, of the sleeping giant to, to Brother Hagen's visions to, to, to um, uh, Dave Wilkerson, things he's prophesied, etc., 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 you know. And, and, and we know from the scriptures, God said in Isaiah, he said, uh, he said, uh, he said, I'll pour water upon the thirsty and I'll flood the dry grounds. Yeah. Amen. If we're thirsty and dry, we qualify. Yeah. doesn't matter what a mess we've made. It doesn't matter how much bad we've done. It doesn't make, well, we've made a lot of mistakes. We'll join the human race. God's fixed bigger problems than us. So anyway, let's just read a couple, a couple just different things. Did we go to Isaiah 35? Isaiah 35, verse 1. Isaiah says here, The wilderness and the wasteland will be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. Okay? It will blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. 
In other words, there's something going to come that people are going to be able to see it. Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those that are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God's going to come with vengeance. He'll come with recompense of God. He will come and he will save you. The definition of revival is God comes. Well, he's already here. He's here in presence, but he shows up in manifestation. Ask you the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. He'll send bright clouds, lightning, showers of rain. We know from the Old Testament that the Lord shall, if we follow on then to know the Lord, we'll know his goings forth shall be prepared for us just as sure as the morning. And he, God, shall come to us as the rain, as the former and latter rain to the earth. We know from the scriptures, God says, there's a day coming. I will pour water upon the thirsty. I will flood the dry grounds. Yes. All right, now. Okay. Verse 4. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with uh, vengeance, even God with the recompense. He's going to come and save you. Now, verse 5. When God comes, then, then, then. See, sometimes we're trying to get without the presence of God that you can only get by the presence of God. Sometimes we're, getting to, we're trying to get a wave of things without revival that are divinely destined to come in a revival. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. Then the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame man shall leap as a heart and the, uh, the tongue of the dumb will sing. Then uh, world in the wilderness waters will break out, streams in the desert. He let us know back there when God comes... This is what we're going to see happen. I'm so convinced where we've seen a blind eye open, we're going to see a thousand open. Where we've seen deaf ears open up, it's four or five or six, we're going to see hundreds and hundreds of deaf ears. When we've seen somebody jump out of a wheelchair, I believe, I believe we're going to see times when they're going to have to have churches, they're going to have to have special uh, sections of the parking lot. I got that so big on the inside of me. I've looked at our parking lot. I've got it figured out where it's going to be. I believe we're going to have to have times where we have sections of our parking lot just roped off for ambulances to come in. I don't care ambulance or hearses. I don't care what it is. I believe we're going to have to have sections where they're going to bring people in, roll them in on gurneys, and they're going to run back out and get in their cars and head out. I've seen videos from Oral Roberts meetings where people were on, on gurneys and they rolled in. And they looked like they were taking their last breath. But he'd roll, he'd throw the sheet back, and they got suits and ties and shirts. Man, they they came ready to run out of there. And he'd lay hands on them. They'd swing their legs around, get up, and walk away perfectly healed. I've got I've got old VHS videos of that at home. I don't have anything to play them on. I don't think I got to go to the Smithsonian and get some players. But. <laughs> But I'm just, I, I've got this on the inside of me so big. We've, we've got to get ready. I've been praying for months and I keep getting this word, prepare yourselves. Preparation, preparation, preparation. Not prepare for dismal, sick, poor, and sorry. Prepare ourselves for something that's so big, we're going to have to run to keep up with it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I, I, you know, it's, it's even times of prayer. You can interpret, you can misinterpret. You know, it's not the, thus saith the Lord, but just during times of prayer, it's like I've seen times where you got a section over here for people in wheelchairs, you got a section over here for people on stretchers, and the power of God comes in, and all of them just jump up at the same time. There's a fellow in our church. He's normal. And that's all I'm going to say about that. 
He's a normal guy. I've known him for years. Never says much of a word. He helps us with a lot of stuff around the church, you know. Uh, he's, he's part of our security team. Says almost nothing, you know. But I saw him, uh, I saw him at, uh, after a service. He's back by the green room door, you know. And he's just standing there. And I said, you look like you got something on your mind. He just kind of stood there. He says, well, yeah. I said, well, tell me. Tell me. He said, well, yeah, well, okay. I said, go ahead. He said, I had a dream. I think he said this last week. Had a dream. I said, okay. And? He said, I don't have these very often. Uh, this is the third one in my entire life that I remember. I had two of them. And he said, they came to the two. I knew they were from heaven. They came to pass so supernaturally big. He said, I, just, I knew when it happened, I knew it was the Holy Ghost. And they came to pass just exactly like what the dream was. I said, yeah. He said, I had another one. He said, this one was more vivid. It was stronger than anything I've ever had before. I said, you can just leave me hanging? Okay, what? what, what? He said, he said um, I had a dream. He said, I saw our church somewhere just down the road. And he said, uh, he said, I saw a move of God of healings and miracles I saw it come into our church he said it got so but it got so strong he said we couldn't get all the people in the building we're having multiple services but we can't get everybody in the building and he said so what we've got is we got a service going in the building where we're having people getting healings and miracles taking place and of course the ultimate for that is to get people born again but he says but what happened we had so many people come that he said in this dream, he said, I was outside the building with you, outside the green room door, right outside. I knew, described exactly what it was. He said, um, he said, I'm out there with you. And he says, we're having a drive through healing service. He said, there were cars lined up to the drive lined up down the drive and lined up down the road almost a mile to the uh, the the uh, highway exit he said traffic's lined up and they're coming through one at a time and he said you're laying hands on people people are getting healed i'm taking the medical paraphernalia and i'm throwing it up on a hill behind he says i got to where i couldn't get all the stuff up there i got crutches and stretchers and braces and wheelchairs and he says i'm taking them and i'm i'm throwing them up there but he said it got so big i couldn't get i couldn't throw it high enough to get it all up there then he said and they just kept lining up they're lined up clear down to the highway blind up I I've seen people line up to get to athletic events. I've seen people lined up to get to concerts. I'm ready to see people line up to get to church. He said, now nah, you asked me to tell you. I said, absolutely. And I said, you know, if, it's it, if it was a lot of people, I'd have said, well, praise the Lord. But I said, the fact that it's you, I put a lot of confidence in you because I know, I know, I know your, I know your track record. And I looked at that and I thought, I just believe it. I believe it. I, 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 in, in prayer, I've seen, like I said, I've seen sections of wheelchairs. And I, all of a sudden, the glory of God. I, I was at a church. Oh, we were there years ago. A friend of ours had a church in another state. Big, thriving church. Got to the end of the service. We ministered, got to the end of the service. And I'm leaning up against the edge of the platform like this over here. And as I'm leaning over here, the pastor gets up to kind of finish the service, close it out. I'm standing here, I close my eyes, and I don't have these things happen that often, okay? It's not like this happens every time I turn around. I don't remember very many times in 45 years. But I'm standing here, i got my eyes closed, and all of a sudden, I, I, I'm seeing his church down the road. 
down the road quite a ways. I'm watching his church. And I see that just like that. I see a section full of wheelchairs. I see a section full of stretchers. And I see the power of God fall in his church. And, and people just jump up and take off running every direction. Amen. And I, I'm, so I'm, I got my eyes closed. And I'm going, whoa, that's pretty amazing. And um, uh, so after the service, I'm back in his office. And, and uh, we got talking. And I said, Pastor, I said, you, I, your, your church is going places. He said, yeah, I know that. He says, why? What you got on your mind? I said, well, I said, you know, I don't know. I said, I just believe I saw some things at the end of the service. He said, tell me what it was. I described it to him. He said, he laughed. He said, the funny thing is, he said, he said, I've seen the exact same thing. The, the year we started our church, he said, I saw the exact same thing. But he said, I saw what happened. He said, I saw what did it. I said, fill me in. He said, I saw a spirit of worship fall in our church. I saw our church worshiping, just worshiping, worshiping. And he said, as they worshiped, he said, a cloud of glory moved into the church. It got so thick that it was over the heads of the entire church. And he said, it got so thick, he said, I saw four of my ushers, which, by the way, are in my church right now. He told me this. He said, I saw four of my ushers run over to a guy that was on a stretcher, pick him up, carry him over to the center aisle, and all four of them grabbed a corner and they took him and they held him up into that cloud over everybody's head. They held him up in the glory. When he got up in the glory, the power of God hit him. They let him down. He just got off, got up, took off running. It was a spirit of worship that brought in the glory, brought in the glory, it brought in the healing of, uh, and miracle manifestation. We could go on and on like this. But I'm telling you what, I believe if we'll do what we know to do and begin to to get in the presence of God, say, God, you know, are you going to revive us or aren't you? Yeah. You, know, you said you'd pour water. There's been more revivals that have been brought to pass out of Isaiah 44, I think it is, where God said, I'll pour water upon the thirsty and I'll flood the dry ground. There's been more revivals that have been brought forth by some folks saying, God, I'm going to get in your face and I'm going to hold this. Are you going to keep your word or aren't you? You said you'd pour water upon the thirsty. God, we are thirsty. You said you'd flood the dry ground. The ground is dry. Lord, you're going to do it or aren't you? I don't mean get irreverent. I mean get in the presence of God. He does not mind being reminded of his word. No. Revival. Let's look at one more. How about, how about uh, Isaiah 60? And I think we may just finish with this. Maybe we'll pray for a few minutes. We'll see. <laughs> Isaiah 60. I think this is my favorite one. Isaiah, Isaiah seemed to have an insight into revival back under the old. My goodness, if he could have it under the old, what can we have under the new? Isaiah 60 verse 1. Rise, shine, for thy light has come. He didn't say, oh, you know, beat, be beat down and discouraged and, you know, upset. And what do we go? God, what are we going to do? You know, can, is there anything you can pull off? God, have you ever had anything this bad before? No. Arise, shine, for thy light has come. And the glory of the Lord's risen upon thee. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. Well, I think we probably qualify there. Darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. We qualify again. The world's gotten all kinds of goofed up. Look at the things, look at the things we've lost in our own nation, the freedoms. Look at the standard, the moral fiber in our nation. Look at all we've lost. Do we qualify? If we qualify for the first part, maybe we'll qualify for the second. <coughs> he says here, verse 2, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee. Yeah. 
Here's the problem, but here's the answer. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory, I love this, and his glory shall be? Well, somebody will say, I just perceive you've got something working good in you. No, it says his glory is going to, can you imagine the glory of God being so strong on the church that people see it on you? Oh, I don't know about that. What about when Moses came down from the mount? And his face, if his face could glow coming down off the mount, what should ours do in the glory of God? The Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles, the lost, the heathen, the unsaved, the nations, shall come to thy light. They're not going to come to my great personality. They're not going to come to our great programs. They're not going to come to our great systems. Not that those are wrong. Don't misunderstand me. But what we think is going to draw people is not what's ultimately going to draw people. What are they going to say? And they, the Lord shall arise upon thee. His glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles are going to come to thy light, and even kings are going to come to the brightness of thy rising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're, not, you're going to have people from all walks of life. They're going to come because of what's on you. Yeah. What's on you? The glory of God. Manifested presence of God. When it gets so, so strong that it's not just in our churches, it's on us as we head out. Hallelujah. The highways, the byways. Verse 5. Then thou shalt see and flow together. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. Not at each other's throat. Not competing about things. Not hating each other. Nah. Anyway. Then thou shalt see and flow together. Thine heart shall fear and be enlarged because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. Yes. Okay. What's, what's in the sea? Fish. The abundance of the sea shall be converted. He's talking about harvest. Harvest will come in. When the glory comes on the church, the harvest is going to come into the church. The abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, and the forces, the wealth, the strength of the Gentiles is going to come unto you. But again, you know, darkness upon the earth, gross darkness upon the people. If you stop there, you go, oh God, we're in trouble. He said, but the Lord shall arise upon thee. I'm just so convinced, so convinced that there's a revival heading our direction. There's a move of God coming. I think we bump into it a lot during prayer. We're just not quite there yet. But I believe we're well on our way. A, a, a move of God. They've had revivals. They've had revivals. Mongolia's had revivals. The Ukraine. We've got, we got friends that are in their Ukraine, from the Ukraine. We've got friends that have been there, but ministers that have been over there. We've talked to them. And one of them I talked to just recently. And I said, didn't, didn't the Ukraine have a move of God? He said, whoa, thick accent. He said, we've had many moves of God. We've had revivals that have swept the Ukraine. So no matter what Russia tries to do, no matter what the devil tries to do, there's precious seed all over that nation. There are believers everywhere over there. All you got to do is have rain fall on that seed and a move of God break forth, and things can easily change. One move of God, if it can change Wales, it can change the Ukraine. Okay? Hallelujah. <laughs> forget it. Forget it. Yeah, Hallelujah. Yeah, Hallelujah. Mongolia. Yeah. Mongolia. They, they've had a move of God there. Way back in the past, they've had a move of God there. Their nations, uh, I, you know, I will say this. I said this in a particular place and I, I got corrected. I said that France has never had a, a move of God. Well, I kind of got rebuked by somebody, uh, a French person, <laughs> friend of ours said, well, we have had. And I said, okay, let's be more honest about it. You've had a move of God, but you've never had a major one. 
Never had something that shook your entire nation. I don't think Italy's ever had a major move of God. That's why they've got one half of 1% born again. That's why France is at the same thing. Why? Because they've never had a major move of God. But they're going to. They're going to. They're going to. We're going to do our part. We're not the only ones, but we're ones. We're going to do our part. That's why we're raising up fire bases. Got one, two, three. Got three in France right now. Soon have one in Italy. Soon going to have one in uh, in uh, Athens, Greece. Going to happen. Going to do it. Somebody goes, "How's that going to happen?" I don't have a clue. But we didn't know how we were going to have the first one. And we're not the only ones. We're finding more and more people. We're finding groups in uh, Belgium. People that are over there sent by particular groups. And they got a place rented and they have prayer meetings over there. God is... You're never going to have a major move of God that's not birthed by prayer. Okay? You can do anything you want. You can have big meetings. You can have big coliseums. You can have anything else. But you're not going to have a major move of God that's not birthed by prayer. I'm so glad to know that. There's a lot I can't do. There's a lot we can't do. There's a lot, you know, I mean, you, it'd be hard to go over there and rent a stadium in somewhere in France and have, you know, 10,000 people come. Can't do all that, but I can, we can pray. We can pray. We can pray from here. There's no distance or time in the Spirit. And sometimes God wants you to get your feet on. He wants boots on the ground. And for some reason, God has, a, he has us going places, getting boots on the ground and praying while we're over there. You don't have to, but sometimes God wants to do it that way. Sometimes God wants you to go to certain places and stand by the Holy Ghost and declare certain things. Special faith will come into operation. You say it under the unction of the Spirit of God, and it'll come to pass. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not the next week, but I'll tell you what, when special faith comes into operation, said under the unction of the Holy Ghost, it will come to pass. When you say it under the unction of the Holy Ghost, it's just as if God said it Himself. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'll tell you what. There are things that has been spoken concerning California. And they were spoken. I'm going to track. They're, they're, they're on YouTube, I think. I'm going to track them down because I know who said it. I know a lot about the person. They're, they've been in glory for a long time now. But I'll tell you what. That person operated a lot in what we call special faith. There's saving faith, there's living faith, but there's a dimension of special faith where when the Holy Ghost, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be in a service, it can be in a prayer closet. It's just got to be said. Ezekiel operated in special faith. He'd go down by the river and prophesy things. He didn't have a huge crowd, he just had the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whoa. <laughs> Hallelujah. Shoot. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it'll come. And it'll come. And it'll come. It'll come like a river. It'll come like a flood. It'll come by the Spirit. It'll come by the blood. Hallelujah. Move of God will break forth in this land. It's going to come on every hand. Hallelujah. Sweeping people in. Oh my. Some of the toughest and hardest ones. Politicians will be swept in to the things of the Spirit. Those that are farthest away will come running to the forefront. Hallelujah. Who's that? I don't have a clue, but I'm telling you what. California is going to get in the middle of it. Hallelujah. This state led us in the Jesus people movement. I'm grateful for that. I didn't get saved in a denominational church. I didn't get saved in a Pentecostal church. That's not bad. I didn't. I got saved around a bunch of charismatics. Wild converted hippies. 
They're the ones I try, you know, I kind of, they kind of got my attention. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If God could do that in the 60s, He can do it here 60 years later. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have a word from heaven, but I got an unction. I got an unction. Don't write this, don't write our nation off. Don't write this state off. And don't write this city off. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Shoo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revival. 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 It's in the works. It's on the way. It's coming our direction. It's going to hit any day. Revival. Revival. Revival in His name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It'll land in our dimension and will never be the same. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bodies will be healed. Minds will be made right. Things we've been praying for 50 years are going to come into sight. Hallelujah. Glory. You got my sinista? Yeah, you got. Yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Whatever you got. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. So in 1951, my... Daddy lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. My uncle in 2000, in 2019, I went to visit him. He was about to cross over to heaven and my sister and I went to visit him and he began to talk to us. He began to tell me about a revival that hit in Baton Rouge, Louisiana in 1951. My daddy was the song leader. It was a tent revival and all of Baton Rouge board began to spread because every night, every night, night for night after night for six weeks, they began to bring ambulances and they would park them outside the tent. They would carry people in on stretchers and they would lay them at the edge of the platform and the minister would begin to preach and by the end of the night every person on those stretchers got up and went home with their families he, my uncle said he saw every manner of sickness and disease healed in that six week period and at the end of that six week period five thousand people were born again yeah. in the city of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And if it happened there, it will happen here. Yeah. If it happened there, it will happen here. Yeah. If it happened there, it will happen here. Because God is not a respecter of persons. He said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness and you will be filled. Yeah. I'm telling you what, sebrota la kaseye, ishetahasa, maneleneko, sundarapifo, solapashi, so spend time in his presence and let that hunger rise up on the inside don't be lethargic or lackadaisical be inspirational rise up in the spirit of God and begin to declare Oh, even by yourself in your prayer closet, driving down the highway, begin to declare, revival's coming my way. Revival's coming my way. I was born for this time. I was born for this day. It's not going to pass me by. I'm going to jump in with both feet. Oh, yeah. I'm going to rise in the name of Jesus and show forth the devil's defeat. Hallelujah. 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 No, it's not time to weep and mourn. It's time to shout because you know what it's all about. 
You've heard the news before it'll take time to happen. You'll rise in. You'll have both feet in. You'll know ahead of time. You'll be able to encourage people. So rise up. Look on the inside. Know what you've got. Know what's in you. Know what you were born for. Yes. And begin to declare on a regular basis. Keep your eyes on me because I know what's about to be. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, miracles, 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 miracles. Miracles, miracles coming in our day. Miracles, miracles coming from every way. Miracles, miracles in the air. Seems like they're going to break out everywhere. Oh, yeah. Not just healings, but miracles too. You're going to see God do everything He ever said He could do. Oh, yeah. Much has been seen. Much has been told. But you're going to see a generation rise up and nobody's ever been this bold. Oh, my. And there are certain gifts that you'll see come breaking forth (laughs) in the days to come. And the church will grab that. And we won't be cautious. We're going to grab it and we're going to run. Not afraid of missing it. Not afraid of what they'll think or what they'll say. We know we're born for this day. Oh, yeah. Working in miracles. Working in miracles. Working in miracles will be a commonplace. The church going to learn to cooperate with the Holy Ghost and run in His grace. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Creative. 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 Limbs replaced. Organs replaced. Bodies made whole. Even the dead will be raised at times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ha 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 I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hallelujah. I've just got this stirring. I've got this stirring. Two things. Probably three years ago, the Holy Ghost, right around the first of the year. Spirit of God, I I wasn't looking for a word for the year. I was just looking to make it through the next year. I, I wasn't looking for anything in particular. Nothing wrong with that. I just wasn't. But all of a sudden, I got two things dropped on the inside of me. And they're still there. It just rolls up again. I haven't thought about it in quite a while. I, I believe there's two things we're going to see a flurry of. Number one, special faith in operation. Hallelujah. It's not going to be, it's not going to be demonstrative and bra- braggadocious. It's going to be just speaking by the Spirit of God. Oh, yeah. Special faith. Special faith. You'll hear it, and then down the road you'll see it, and you'll go, Oh, yeah, I remember when that was said. But there was an unction on that. Number one... Special faith. Number two, a flurry of angelic activity, and somehow the two are joined together. Yeah. There'll come a flurry of angelic activity. I don't mean just. I don't mean just. Just. Just uh, divine protection only. Oh yeah, angels will work in the realm of miracles. They don't work the miracles. Jesus is the miracle worker. They're the messengers. But you're going to see. You're going to see. You might not see them, but you're going to see the results of them being around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Flurry, flurry, 
flurry of angels and special faith too. Church is going to rise up, be what we're supposed to be so we can do what we're supposed to do. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I think we'll stand to our feet. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's somebody I, I, I know, just I know from a natural, okay, this is, not, this is not word of knowledge or anything. If somebody watching online right now needs a miracle in their body, I, I know you're watching. You better be watching. I got word you're watching. And in the name of Jesus, put your hand on your body. I know you couldn't make it to the service, but I know you're watching. Put your hand on your body. Now, I curse that condition. I curse that condition. In the presence of Almighty God, in the name of Jesus, I curse that condition. I command it to supernaturally change from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Hallelujah. It'll not be what they say. It'll be what you say. Hallelujah. And right now, it's going to be what we say. And we say, no weapon formed against you is going to be able to prosper. Hallelujah. So rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. Because you're not... (laughs) You're not going to go the direction. You're not going to have what you thought you had. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. In fact, anybody else needing healing in your body, just raise your hands up. Needing healing, need a miracle in Jesus' name. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, I command your bodies to be well. I command your bodies to be well. Minds be made. Minds be right. I take authority over that. I take authority over that. Yeah, that's the wrong thing. That's the wrong. I take authority over that. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, loose you and let you go. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God's been working on this for a long time, folks. He's been working on this for a long time. It took a lot, some of you, it took a long time to get you in the right place. Like saved. My dad tells, grew up on a farm out in the middle of nowhere. My dad tells about, used to, he may on the other side, he may be talking about it there, I don't know. But he, he, there was a time, finally, he started opening up a little bit. He said, I, he said, my dad, in the middle of southern Michigan, in the middle of nowhere, years ago, he said, my dad, he said, I used to hear my dad talk about Billy Sunday and Smith Wigglesworth. Somehow out in the middle of nowhere, somehow non-full gospel, non-tongue talking, non-Pentecostal group, but somehow, somehow my grandpa got a hold of some things. And he said, I never could figure it out. He said, my dad, they had what they call a Michigan basement. It's a, it was, you know, dirt floor, rock walls and furnace down there. He said, my dad would go down the basement to pray. He was a farmer, an artist, and a musician. Now there's a combination. It's a wonder I'm as normal as I am. <laughs> But uh, he, he'd farmed so he could put food on the table, but he, he painted pictures and he had orchestras and he taught music. And so, so he was a little eccentric kind of a guy, <clears throat> you know, but uh, my dad said he, he said he'd head down to the basement. He said, I'd hear him down there. He said, I could hear his voice. It kept getting louder and louder and louder. And he didn't want people to hear him pray. I've always wondered if he got filled with the Holy Ghost praying in tongues. He didn't want people to hear him. So he'd lock him up, think he's crazy. And he said he didn't want people to hear him. And he said he'd, uh, he, he got to where he'd kick the furnace. He'd, he'd just keep kicking the furnace, try to, try, to, try to overcome his volume. Kick the furnace, and he got to where he couldn't contain it. He said he'd head out the back door, through the field, out into the woods. He'd disappear. 
He'd be out there. He said, I finally figured out what he's doing. He was out there in the woods praying for a preacher in the family. And I'm the first one that showed up. And I almost missed the boat on that one. <laughs> I'm telling you, God's done a lot. God's done a lot. God's done a lot. God's had people pray you in the kingdom. He's had people pray for you to be in the right place. At the right... He's... Hallelujah. Glory to God. You have no idea how many people prayed to get you into the place you're in right now. Prayers are so real, the Bible said in Revelation, they go up there and they go up and they're, they're in golden bottles up there and reserved. I, I believe people prayed for you and me and people prayed me in the family, prayed me in the kingdom, prayed me, prayed me out of messes I was in. People prayed so I could be here today. Hallelujah. And be, be in the middle of what God's got. He's, he's heading us all into. I got to get stopped. Pastor, you, you just got anything, everything? I think I'm done. Hallelujah. I think I am. Hallelujah. You got, you got, you're looking. Fishing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I'm glad I came to church tonight. Sure glad, sure glad your pastors decided to have a Monday night service. And you came. Hallelujah. 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 I have not seen or ear heard. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God.